Greetings and salutations. This is just a warning that this podcast contains strong adult language. You know what? Fuck them. So anyway. we're back off. So yeah, we're back. Um, different podcast because we were recording for about 45 minutes and the recording dropped. So yeah. Um, so what we were talking about was basically the state of the world, you know, Russia, Ukraine, everything, America. And, you know, let's go back to the point about veterans because I know that's really hits hard for you. That, that hits hard for you, doesn't it? Because of what happens to them and the way they're treated after basically basically given arms legs you know their, their whole life to the country some people die for it and you know the people that come back aren't the same obviously and they're expected just to get on with their day-to-day lives when they don't understand what's going on in their heads because they get people and the thing is they get the people that see you they're, they've never been in that situation so they don't know what it's like they just assume they know what you're going through obviously you've been through this so it's probably easy for you to explain but from what you've told me i go through it every day of my life so like you said, some of us don't come back. Um, my best friend didn't come back. Uh, he was 24. 24, yeah, he was 24. He was 24 when he was killed in Iraq. A year later, I went over there to serve, and I damn sure can tell you I didn't come back the same person I left. And it's just... It's sad. It's sad, but it's 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 a reality. And I guess that's the biggest the biggest issue with it is the is the reality because they they train you to go over there and serve, they train you to fight, they train you to do all this shit, but you get back and it's kind of like they don't rewire you. So then you're 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 back you're back home with no no semblance of your former self for a lack of a better term and you on in a sense have to like have to learn how to relive because things are so much different when you're in a combat environment than what it is when you're in the civilian environment nobody understands what it's like when you get back home from combat and nobody really unless you've been there before understands what flashbacks entail dissociations entail suicidal homicidal ideations then, you know, the realities that, that come with having served when you return home. And I remember Mike had posted a picture a couple days ago about, uh, it, was a, it was a picture, I'm going to assume it was a combat veteran? Because it did have a military, you know, the, they had a military uniform on in that picture. And I forgot what it said, but it was something to the something to the effect of they couldn't get three hundred fifty pound a week support. And yeah, that's true over here because I remember commenting it, commenting on that picture to Mike and saying something along the lines of like how fucked up it was because it happens here all the time. I I live in Southern California, and you drive throughout, and all you, you see is a lot of homeless veterans 
and it just it fuck it fucks me up because they give everything for their country and then society looks at them like they're basically shit but i'm like you don't know what led that person to that situation like you don't know what it is to come home and drink yourself to sleep because you don't have no idea how to handle the shit that you just saw because for the first six months i was back all i did was fucking binge drink because i didn't want to deal with the shit that i saw and the thing is like obviously i know you're not 100 percent because i've known you like what, two three years now almost yeah you poor bastards going on three i do it because no one else will <laughs> oh i appreciate you beautiful <laughs> i love you too Hold me. but um <laughs> but um <laughs> where was i obviously like in some regards you're lucky because you've been able to in some respects piece your life back together mm-hmm. and i know it's taken you a damn long time but you know obviously you've got your coaching shit you've got an amazing wife and you've got a really cool british guy as your friend so that hey, to be off. fair i do have another cool british guy that i know so i'm not number one anymore i mean you're number one but i mean i'm, I'm saying we got to give mike a little love Oh shit, yeah. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, it's Mike. Fucking love that guy. Apologies, Mike. <laughs> you know he's listening to this. Not like he would care. Mike's a fucking hell of a human being. Yeah, <laughs> but um, obviously, in in another, you know, if something went different, you could have you could have been one of those people on the streets. So you know that. I think you obviously you probably understand that better than anybody that that could have been you. Yeah, I mean. The only reason why I was in therapy in the first place was a, uh, a friend of mine who I served with when I was stationed on Fort Carson. I had an incident, got me in trouble. Picture that, me in trouble. And um, he basically forced me to go to fucking therapy. I remember that day that incident happened. I was castigated. He looked at me, he was like, dude, you need help. And I'm like, nah, I'm fucking good. He's like, no, you need help, motherfucker. Workday ends, he literally throws me in the back of his fucking car and his wife drives us to uh, to therapy, to one of the best doctors on the fucking planet, Dr. Edward Chavez. Love that guy. Um, and that was the beginning of my therapeutic journey. But, you know, that was the first step. It's a hard step to take. It's a hard pill to swallow, too, when you you look in the mirror and you realize that you're not the same person. It, it takes a lot. It takes, it's, it's, it's rough. I can relate and to that in some respects as well. Obviously not the same situation, but obviously some when, similar. You watch, when you watch a parent die and it happens in front of you and, you know, I, with the first place, I still relive that moment. Some days I have the bad dreams, mm-hmm. you know, I have to fucking sleep this night. And Obviously, it's not the same, but the aftermath of what we've spoken about as the aftermath, it's similar. It's a similar trauma, similar symptoms. You go through those days where you're just so fucking low. And then is it the same for you where it just goes up and down? Like one day you're like top of because I know you've seen it with me where I'm like top of the fucking world laughing, joking. And then it just you kind of crash in a way. And yeah. you just the complete opposite. And, and, and it's so exhausting. And like, there's what people don't understand. Like when you're trying to do a day to day life. And like that involves like working, talking to other people, like, like and trying to keep it together. Like, but when you're low and like you get to that low point, it's so difficult to pull yourself out of it. And the thing is, and it can come on, like it can come within an hour, it can come within five minutes. You can be laughing, joking, snap, and you're in that place again. 
Mm-hmm. And obviously, that's why it's so difficult for, for some people. Like even with veterans, I'm sure they have that shit and they're going on in their head like what they've seen, what they've done. And I can't fully relate to them, but I can understand the aftermath of things like the trauma, the PTSD, everything like that. And mm-hmm. when you don't, if you don't have anyone back, and if you don't have a support system, then it's going to be difficult for you to get your life back on track. Because luckily for you, you had that friend who basically dragged you to therapy. And I'm grateful mm-hmm. he did. It's, it's a wild place to be because there's such an ingress of emotion from the time that you you feel like you're on the top of the moor. Some mornings, some mornings I roll out of bed like, yo, I'm the fucking man, bro. Okay. Like, I walk around like I own some shit. But like you said, in the blink of an eye, the next thing I'm doing is I'm thinking about how I'm going to kill myself. I'm thinking about driving to Sunset Cliffs, parking the car, jumping off that cliff and hitting the water. It's the same with me, because I've had those thoughts. I'm like, you know, it's not a nice place to be because it's not what you want. But sometimes you feel like it's just to get away from everything you're feeling. It's the only way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because most of the you know, day, I don't want to die. I mean, like right now, I'm, you know, I'm in a good headspace. I'm happy. You know, love doing these fucking podcasts. But, um, of course, there's the other days where you don't sleep, you get depressed, and you're just thinking, when's this shit going to fucking end? And sometimes you just think about, you know, suicide as the only option. And it's not, a, you know, it's not what someone, it's not what you want, but it's, a, it's more about just wanting to just be free of the shit that pulls you down. And it's, it's not a fun feeling because you have to go through that. And, you know, for me, I bottle a lot of stuff up and I don't talk to people because trying to find a therapist for me has been fucking exhausting and difficult. To the point where, you know, I'm, I'm having to get signed off, you know, with the job center so they can't work. I've got a fucking degenerative condition in my knee. It's only going to get worse. And, you know, stress and depression and trauma, it will really fuck you up mm-hmm. if you're not given the right help. And for me, you know, how, you know, if since we've been speaking, you know how many times I've been trying to go to the doctors about this shit and the responses I get. You know, with my knee, it's been since I was 12 or 13, so I can't blame that on the last five years. Although the stress I've been under has basically exacerbated it, I think, because it was never this bad. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, we've got to carry on. We've got to fight. Pain in the ass, but we've got to keep going. I mean, you do. We do. But I mean, people just, I don't think people understand, like, especially with the, with those that are homeless, like, it's crazy because you don't understand the sequence of events or experiences that led that person to be at that stage. So I guess what has me incensed over this whole thing is how society looks at these people. I'm like, they're still humans. And the fact that, that some people just disregard them, but I'm like, okay, that's cool. So if the shoe was on the other foot, you would want that person to offer you a dollar, you would want that person to buy you a bill, or you would want that person to offer you some clothes, which Talisa and I tend to do when we can. Like if we see somebody and they ask for a meal, we'll go in, we'll buy a meal. Give them a meal. If they want money, we'll give them money. What they do with that money is none of our fucking business. I don't know, nor do I care once I give the money to that person. I just know if the shoe was on the other foot, I'd want fucking somebody to do that. Sometimes, um, that sometimes we've we started actually stuff that we have in the house that we have no use for that that we can donate instead of taking it to the stores here 
like Goodwill, Salvation Army, and all those thrift stores that take donations, we go find a lot of these locations where these homeless people are. We'll just drop the box off of stuff there, and they can have at it what they need. It's a small piece, I guess, of giving back. I mean, before I moved to California, I did this thing called Veterans Court in Colorado. I was basically a mentor, veteran mentor to guys that were caught up in the legal system that happened to be veterans. In the state of Colorado, they have it here in California. They have it in Arizona, to name a couple of states that have it. When veterans get in trouble because inevitably they do, whether it's because you have PTSD in combination with drugs and alcohol, which is a really fucking bad thing. It's, it's a recipe for a perfect storm. The goal of the program is to rehabilitate these veterans and give them a chance. And so that court was formed specifically for veterans in certain situations. And I have seen some of my mentees get through their charges, get the rehab, get the proper help, and make it out. So I've seen the positive side of it, too. When I was directly involved with helping veterans, it was probably one of the—it was a volunteer gig I had. Probably one of the—one of my favorite—outside of coaching football, it's probably— one of my favorite things that I have I have ever done is working with the veteran community. Um, but I mean, it's 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 it fills my heart with so much dolor that a lot of us go, we serve. Some of us don't come back. My best friend was killed at fucking. He was twenty four when he died. Twenty fucking four. The last time I spoke a word to Miguel was a week. Almost a week to the day that I got the news that on the 10th of April, his life was taken from him. And it was the 10th of April, 2007. And funny enough, I ran into the only survivor of that fucking convoy. Who at the time, when I was stationed on Fort Carson, I had met him and he was on his way out on a medical board, which is basically what the process I went through to, to be medically retired to where I'm at now. But it's crazy how the fucking universe works. Because that was the only piece of him I had left was somebody who also had recollection of him and what a great human being he was, despite the fact that he liked people way too fucking much. He was he was very much an extrovert. Not to mention, like I know wherever he is in the universe, he listens to this podcast. Bitch, you owe me two hundred fifty dollars, and I want that shit. Feel me? I don't know you where you at, but I want my two hundred fifty dollars. Don't, don't don't act like you don't know nothing because I know you know something. You understand? I want my money, but I digress. You say people that, just. People need to take time, I guess, and listen to shit. Because, like, everybody's got trauma. Like, you have trauma. Similar trauma. Very different. But similar in the sense, like, the events were totally different. But the trauma is dead, dead ass the same shit. To use a term that we use back east in, in Jersey. Like, dead ass, which means seriously. It, there are, our trauma is, is very similar. I just, the events were different. And I don't know where your mom is, but I'm pretty sure she's proud because you during all those days like yeah, you, you held up. You held up. I mean, we talk all the time, and for me, you must be Steve's rock. I am the favorite show, and it has to be said. Yeah, you, know, you know what I mean? So like you've been yeah. there for Steve. Yeah. I know Molly's a pain in the fucking dick, but I mean that's still your sister. I know Jack is on some shit, and I'm going to give Jack a little bit of shit for supporting Barcelona. but, you know, we all make mistakes in life. Jack has made that mistake of supporting the wrong fucking football club in a totally irrelevant country in a league that is not even me worth uttering its name. You really hate the Spanish, don't you? 
hate is such a strong word. I say I, I, I strongly dislike them. But you know, what you've been well, saying I, about the veterans and stuff, like you think that'll be the government's job to put the money aside to help these people coming back because, you know, you think, you know, it makes sense that they fought for your country, give them something back, you know, let them rebuild their life, put them on a course, you know, let them use the skills they've got to produce, put them in work, help them with employment mm-hmm. until they get back on their feet. But no, they'd rather line their own fucking pockets. And yep. I, I don't know if you want me to get, you know, corrupt governments thinking for themselves, like I've said to you plenty of times, right? Governments, they lie, lie, lie. Oh, we're going to help you. We're going to help this. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. They lie for getting power. They get in power and fuck all changes. It, it is the level. And I'm not sure what it is. Just the level of disregard that these people have because a lot of this is on the powers that be's own intransigence that we run into these problems, right? So veterans in the United States, we have what they call veteran organizations. So for example, for those of you in America, I'm sure you heard of Wounded Warrior, which I'm a part of. Uh, disabled American veterans, which I'm a member too, will help me when I have to file a claim with the VA because the VA decides it rolls out of bed one day, doesn't want to fucking pay me for some shit that I obviously suffer from. So there, I guess there is that because I've worked with both these organizations and it, although laborious and highly galling, Things do get done through them, but why is the process have to be so bloody arduous to get what we deserve is my fucking issue. Like, why? Why do I have to be, why do we have to be examined every couple of years to see if our symptoms got better or worse? PTSD doesn't fucking go away. I mean, to be candid, like, we we did an episode last year on behavioral health. We touched on it a little bit, but never really gave the people our experiences. So... With that being said, there's a lot of shit that ordinary people don't understand that goes behind the scenes when you're deployed. Like, it, fam, the family you leave behind that was fucked up. Like, my sister was fucked up when I was gone. Like, her mental health suffered a lot while I was gone. My brother's mental health suffered a lot while I was gone. My grandparents, rest their soul, were dealing with a lot of shit. And then the stress of having a grandchild in a foreign-ass country where they're literally trying to kill you probably didn't help. People don't understand. It's just there's a lot of shit that goes into this. The, the way it affects you, your family, and your just your life as a whole, like, it's wild. And then there's been cases, sadly, and if I'm pretty sure everybody's heard the old veteran story, you go away, people cheat. Like, I was in that very situation. Came home, bank account was fucked up, a relevant person in my life had cheated, um got arrested at that too and i just came home to i came home to a fucking calamity (laughs) that's exactly what happened i came home to a fucking calamity so imagine that this is the case for at least 90 percent of veterans so you come back you have most of the time you have marital issues you have family relationship issues you have financial issues. And then on top of all that, oh, by the way, you're no longer the same person you were when you left. And that's what we have to deal with on a daily basis. And sometimes that becomes too much and you get 
these poor folks that are homeless because nobody helped them. And it's, it's fucked up. Like, it's fucked up. Look, I know I've been in therapy with guys and gals who've had it worse than me and some that have had it as bad as me. But we all agree on one thing. Trauma is trauma. It doesn't matter how bad it is. It just, it's fucking trauma. And at the end of the day, like you said, we got to try to work through it because maybe life is better with me still walking this planet. I question that sometimes. Don't we all? I mean, yeah, you're glad you're still here. Like, bad days, like the other day, I had to reach out to you because I got triggered. And I was working. As a matter of fact, like, we didn't even talk about it. We'll talk about it right now. When I, last week, I forget what day it was. It was this past week, actually. I was working out in the garage early in the morning. And we were on Messenger. And I was listening to a song, and it triggered me. And, it was, and, I, and it's one of my favorite songs. That's the crazy shit. It's one of my favorite songs. For everybody out there, Five Finger Death Punch, they make music for the soul. But I was listening to The Wrong Side of Heaven, which is about combat veterans. So Five Finger Death Punch employs, promotes, and helps the combat veteran community. So they wrote that song through the eyes of a combat vet. So there's a lot of truth. Y'all can go check that song out on YouTube, Spotify, wherever the fuck y'all get your music. Really listen to the lyrics. And if you want to know what it is that a combat vet with PTSD goes through, that song will give you the clearest picture ever. You can ask Ash. Ash is actually, I've sent him that song and he's actually listened to it. Um, I, can't, I can't remember it, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, but you uh, listen to it. I'm sure if I played it, you'd be like, oh, huh. Yeah. It is yeah you know, I sent it you know, to my, my sister the other day because yeah. she was talking about, you know, she said to somebody about me and about having the condition. So I said, if you want to know how it feels, I sent her a link to the song. I'm like, it, that song right there, bro, describes everything. But they, they talked about, everything they talk about that song is true. And then to see it, too, just his different. Because it's one thing to hear people talk about it, but when you're close to somebody who has it, or you yourself suffer from it, it just hit different. Yeah, I think me and you have an understanding of each other, which is probably a nice thing, because, like I said, very different situation, but same outcome, same trauma, same aftermath. And I think we can relate to it. So when, like, you know, when one of us doesn't talk much in a day or one of us is kind of off of it, we we understand, you know, what's going on and why. Whereas people who are on the outside, they'll be like, well, he's a bit moody today. He's a bit antisocial. He's not mm-hmm. talking to anybody. And like, you know, I'm very introvert. Like I don't talk to a lot of people because I just, I'll be honest, he says I haven't got the time for it. Like not as in, oh, I'm busy. I just like, I haven't, I just cannot be asked to deal with people's shit anymore. Yep. And I'm at the age now where I'm just happier People talking to a few people, every you know, few good people, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm 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 satisfied. You know, that's not saying I won't talk to people because you know, obviously, if you get when you're in work, we have to talk to people sometimes. You know, I, I can do that, but the minute someone starts being a dick, I'm just like, fuck it, I'm done. Cannot mm-hmm. be asked today. And that's it. Actually, you got to take these days because there's so much wrong in the world, and people choose to get upset with the little things. Mm-hmm. Oh, that joke! Oh, that joke upset me. Your opinion upset me. Oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. And that's the worst thing in the. That's that's the most annoying thing. Like, there's bigger problems in the world, and people are getting upset by a joke yeah. when it's clearly a joke. But me and you, right? Most of the week, we're taking the piss out of each other all week long. You know, none of us get upset. We just yeah. play along and give us good. It's the same with me and my dad and my brother. Like, 
we'll badmouth each other. We'll take the piss out of each other. You know, we say some fucked up shit to each other. But at the end of the day, we all know we're joking. We give, uh, you're waiting for that response back so you can say something different. Like, you know, me and you are pretty good at that. You know, we'll give the quick responses, you know. And Alex is pretty good at it too. Like, uh, called me a wanker the other day. <laughs> <laughs> He's not lying. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but, but you know I'm not going to cry about it I'm just you know give as good as we get and this is what I just that's and like it's the same with relationships like just you know do what you want just you know don't try and make me think a certain way you know same with religion if you believe believe uh, you know good for you but don't try and force that shit on me because I have my own feelings and beliefs and shit and if it's not the same it's probably not the same as someone else's you know but you know I can listen to it and understand what they're saying and I can respect it, but I don't have to believe it as well. And that's the biggest problem in the world. Everyone, most people think their opinion is the only way. Mm-hmm. Opinion is not fact. Opinion is exactly that. It's an opinion. It can't be. There's no palpable way to prove it. Like for example, our opinion is that Chelsea is the best. Uh, that is a fact. Fuck it. That is a fact. <laughs> like, it's crazy. People worry about such trite shit, though. Oh, like, exactly, like, you know, it's like music, right? I'm like, let's take, for example, you're not a Star Wars fan or a superhero fan or a Marvel fan whatsoever, but that doesn't stop us being friends, does it? No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Same as you're really big into Kung Fu and stuff, that's not my sort of thing. But we can still talk about it with each other and understand and listen without getting offended or upset. Whereas, you know, for me and Alex, I've, Alex is a huge Marvel and Star Wars fan, so I can talk, you know, so me and him can have that sort of thing, whereas I can talk to you about Criminal Minds and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah. I'm sure you and Alex have stuff that I've got no idea about. So. <laughs> I mean, that beard, the, though. Shout out Alex, man. That beard is legendary. He's also a really, like, top class, 100%, awesome fucking human being. The beard is just, you know. It's it's a it's a level of standard excellence that he is a uh, he's maintained and set the bar for. But um, I'll, set you, I'll set you up on a first date. <laughs> oh yeah, he's already been in my house, bro. <laughs> he's already been out here, bro. I don't. I already took him to. I already took him to see the water and shit. It's pretty serious, you dig? Holding hands along the beach. <laughs> the theme song from Greece starts Fuck playing. Off, <laughs> fucking knobhead. <laughs> You're just mad because you couldn't. I'm with you. I'll walk along the beach with you. Yeah, well, I'm still waiting for you to renew your fucking renew your fucking passport. How expensive it is! How expensive it is to get a holiday these days. Shit, I'm about to find out. I go next week okay actually for, to get mine. It's okay for you and Alex. They're about five hours away from each other. I've got to get on a damn plane. So get on a fucking plane. Yes, I'll just stroll through the airport. No money. Ash, I have a plan, right? Just find yourself a little bit of money. Bring your ass over here. I mean, yo, you can't, yo, you can't just gallivant all over fucking San Diego and, and find you, you know, I'm saying a good time with the ladies. Because, I, you know, everybody deserves a good time. Yeah, what am I going to do for money and living? You're just going to move to San Diego and be like, happy go lucky. Come for a visit. You ain't got to live. Like, I don't want to see your fucking face every day, motherfucker. You know, you're lying to yourself and you know it. No, if I said I was tall, I'd be lying to myself. <laughs> yeah, all five foot of you. Waking up thinking you're the man. <laughs> Fuck off. 
You're a fucking wanker. <laughs> fucking knob job. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm though, I mean, you gotta be like, I'm British, and just get laid. It's a wonderful effect it has on people. <clears throat> Here for you. That effect is debatable. It's coming out of your mouth, by the way. Wait, what? <laughs> that British accent is not so charming sometimes, okay? I'm going to pretend you didn't say that. Oh, man. <laughs> What's Keep this it in the park. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe I said that. It's just like, oh, because you, you were coaching that thing, weren't you? I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was. You, I don't even know where that came from. You just, you, it's, I just it's said like, it. it's going to stay like, now, so you know. It's got the same amount of syllables. I was like, ah, fuck. <laughs> That's what it was. You were like, it has the same amount of syllables. And I'm like, huh? You typed it. And then I was like, I said it to myself. And I'm like, yo, it does. <laughs> this is an inside joke, guys. David's obsessed with the monkey on the car video. Just, That's just my brother's fault, by the way. My brother put me on that video. I know he's listening. Daniel, damn you. You're obsessed with that video. Like you mention it every day. I mean, while we're on the podcast, let me just give a shout out to my brother who, hey, he made out okay. Like my brother's a intelligent ass motherfucker. All joking aside, and yes, he is taller than I am. If he's Before so intelligent, why does he says a... anything? If he's so intelligent, why is he a Barcelona fan? I don't know, but he's been watching more Chelsea fixtures lately. He said he might join Chelsea, but I said no, 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 no. My brother no, and I, Daniel, I know no. you're listening. Hey, look. I'm not against switching clothes. My thing is, here's here's this. If you're supporting Chelsea just because Boo Boo Boy is playing for us and he is the face of America, then no, I, we can't have any of that, Daniel. ¿Me entiendes, niño? I thought he was injured earlier when he went down off the ball. I was like, ah, fuck, here we go again. I looked at Luis <laughs> and I said, look who's on the ground. That's what she said Neymar. And then she looked up she goes, oh, wait, I forgot. It's, it's the FA Cup. <laughs> yeah, I was watching. I was all politics. I was like, ah. I was like, it would be him, wouldn't it? And he got back up. I was like, oh. I mean, you know. <laughs> Speaking but of anyway. Neymar, right? Speaking of Neymar, you hear that the PSG fans were booing him and Messi, even though they won 3 0. This is fucking that. great. Oh, Where is it with these fucking fans, man? Like, Real Madrid are the worst, but PSG take the fucking piss. Because, you know, they're going to be mad at anyone. It should be Mbappe. He's the one walking out the club for free in the summer. <laughs> You know, players are getting smarter, though. If they can't force the club's hand, they do it, they're doing it intelligently, just let the contract run out. I'm not Still against that, because that goes to that whole... Like, we've been they down that, that, that rabbit hole with player power and shit like that. Yeah, but they've seen up their contract. That's the thing. They haven't forced their way out of the club. They've just gone, okay, I'd like a new challenge. And of course he wants to play for Real Madrid. I know you hate them, but they're much bigger than fucking PSG are. Yeah, I mean, that, um, that's the truth. Like, I can't. Nottingham Forest are bigger than PSG. Yeah. I mean, even Red Star Belgrade have won the Champions League. Come on. They have? That's that wild. I forgot about that. Yeah, they've won the Champions League. Celtic have won the Champions League as well. Hey, I'm just saying, shout out to Scotland, though. Appreciate you all. The thing with PSG is, it's a, you look at the team and it's, Oh, Messi's the best player in the world. He can't even score in fucking league on. He or can't Ronaldo. score in league on. Rape Naldo's over here catching charges. Old as fuck. Don't want to work. Just seems to pop up at the right time. Kind of over him, too. I feel so bad for Manchester United supporters. You poor bastards. Just 
it's shit. Like, all jokes aside, like, the club is suffering. It's not cool. Well, the owners don't help, do they? No, like, all bias and shit aside, just, like, strictly, objectively, as a fan of the beautiful game, like, that... And I understand there's a rivalry there between Chelsea and United. There also is, to an extent, some type of, like, mutual respect, I guess. It's a respectful rivalry. That's the good... I used to love, like, the 2000, you know, the 2000s when it was Chelsea and United battling for titles. That was awesome. Like, I loved that because, you know, it was, you know... I wish I could go back to them days because I, I love football, but the state of it these days where, you know, I just, I just don't like it. The game's soft. You know, people, you get players like Salah who get compared to fucking players who played in a much more difficult... No disrespect to Salah, right? He's world-class. But he's playing in a much easier era than these old guard got. And, yeah. you know, you know, imagine if he had to come up against Terry Carvalho, Vidic and Rio Ferdinand every fucking week. He wouldn't score half the goals he got. Because Premier League defenders back then used to be some fucking different breed, I tell you. Not just the top six clubs either. They were different breed. But these days... They're, they're told more to pass the ball rather than fucking defending. It's the same with goalkeepers. Yeah. You know, oh, you can't be in goal. You can't kick a ball. Fuck off. I'd rather have a goalkeeper than keep it out of the net and play a 50-yard pass. I'm not against keepers playing with their feet, and I'm not against with attackers, attackers, excuse me, defenders attacking. But there's too much emphasis. It. There's too much emphasis on that role. Like, if you had defender, fucking defend. I play defender because I like... That fucking daft-ass idea that when an attacker is about to engage me in a 1v1 and the fucker thinks he's running by me and then I just fuck his life up. No, I loved that playing defender. Fucking side tackle. Fucking loved it. That's what I'm saying. Like, Mike, I have, I get a sick joy out of stopping attacking players. Like, it was great when I was going through the course the other day when I was going through my 1.2 for the, um... For the Scottish, uh, Scottish FA. And one of the guys, like, one of the instructors came on, and he was a former SPFL defender. And then it was, like, pure nostalgia when he was, like, just talking about defending and the way shit used to be because we got a little off track. And we went to the same discussion you and I are having now. Like, they just don't build them. Yo, Rio Ferdinand didn't give a fuck. Like, he didn't. Zero fucks were given. Like, not, and he still doesn't give a fuck, actually. I love, I love Rio. I mean, look at um my favorite defender of all time, or one of my favorite defenders of all time, uh, Maldini. If you thought you were running by him, yeah, good luck with that <laughs> shit. He was a fucking... That, that man was a certified fucking manimal. He's probably the best defender of all time. And I know I mean, he's before my time. He's before, it was a little bit before my, my time before I started watching football. But I, I know what he's all about, and he's probably the best defender to ever grace the game. Right. Fucking talk about lip face licking. If I ever catch you, Paolo Maldini, run for your life, Paolo. Run for your life. <laughs> like, I mean, keepers aren't the same. I mean, prime Buffon. Matt's still playing, by the way. Um, he played, oh, uh, Casper Schmeichel's dad, whose name I can't fucking remember. Peter Schmeichel. Peter Schmeichel. Uh, who else? Who else have we had back in the day were fucking great keepers? Pedacek, Kudacini, Ike Casillas, uh, Edwin van der Sar. Oh, God love him. Edwin van der Sar. He was at the match. Van der Sar, that's who I was thinking of. Yeah, Ike Casillas. I know you hate Spanish players, but you can't not respect Ike Casillas. Yeah, I can because he's Spanish. Um, but you're a hater. Indeed. <laughs> oh, I mean, no, like, just... they don't make them like they used to, man. Like, it, they, they just don't. 
there's too much emphasis going forward. And like Klopp came out his face the other day bewailing. Anybody who says that TAA is not a defender is wrong. Shut the fuck up and sit down, you cunt. He's not. He should be playing in the fucking midfield. He's not a fucking... Oh, no. Andy Robertson's a whole nother... Like, shout out Andy Robertson who can actually defend and actually has an all-around game to him. The way I feel about Trent is he's a fucking good passer. There's, like, he can put a cross and he's a fucking good passer. I'm not going to deny that. But his defensive attributes are not great. If you want to get through Liverpool, go down that side and just cut inside him. Yeah, but it's the truth. Everybody who plays with that's the side you're targeting. It's very simple with, with, with Liverpool. You keep Salah and you force him off his left foot and then TAA, all you got to do is just attack that side. Because I'm not going to sit here and talk shit about Van Dyke because the man is class. Like, I don't like Liverpool and I wouldn't wish that shit on anybody. But Van Dyke is uh, class and Roberts oh, yeah. is class. The thing is, you have to think of the thing with Liverpool is their midfield aren't a, they don't get their goals from midfield. But you see, a, you see a team like Chelsea who have got anyone in the team can grab a goal on any given day. We've seen that this season. We've got about twenty different scorers. But it seems like Liverpool is all their goals nine times out of ten will come through the come through the front three. So, and you know it doesn't it doesn't matter who's playing there because obviously Firmino is probably the weakest out of the ones they've got, and that's crazy because I think he's a good player, but he doesn't get enough goals. But you got Mane, Salah, you got Mane, Salah, Yotta. Even Diaz now, who I wish he didn't go to Liverpool for fuck's sake, because he is class. <laughs> he is class. I was, who was I? I was talking to somebody on the page about that. Day. Oh, was it, was it Gary? It might have been Gary. I must have missed that. That he was, um, it might, was it? I got to check now. But yeah, Diaz is class, bro. Like, for fuck's sake. And it was clear, because we saw that shit on display against Chelsea in the, in the League Cup final. Yeah, we did. And you know, he's man like, is a he, bad he, motherfucker. I think he's twenty three, and then he's got Yotta. Yeah, Yotta is fucking shit up for a while. And they got Yotta as well. So that's basically Mane and Salah. Yotta is useless. He'll eventually fucking fizzle. No, Yotta is not useless. Man is a goal machine. Yeah, when he's not wearing a fucking Portugal shirt, I don't really want to have this discussion right now. Okay. Oh, so that's why you hate him, because he doesn't do the business he's of Portugal. He's shitting a fucking Portugal shit. I don't understand. I don't understand. Ronaldo, too, sh- he's too busy catching fucking charges. They're all shitting port- shit Portugal shit. Have you not realized this yet? Portugal just overall shit. At this point, though, they should call me, because I, I, can, take you from, I can take you from the bottom to the top real quick. Even you couldn't fix that mess. Fucking hell, like... I mean, but if you look around, even rival clubs, there's there, there's talent spread all over the Premier League. Like, I'm a big fan of Bakayo Saka. I mean, fuck Arsenal, but Saka yeah, boy can play. Like, I'm going to fuck nobody say Boy can play. Martinelli as well. Martinelli can play. I'm happy to see Saka. He grabbed the goal, I think, today. And I'm kind of happy for him because after that whole debacle at the fucking Euros, like, I'm glad he's getting his goals. And he's. it seems like he's putting that shit behind him because such a young kid going through some shit because your fucking manager's an idiot. Same with Sancho as well. With Jaden Sancho. Manchester United will be all right eventually. When they get the right fucking people in there, they'll get back to, to where they belong. I need the Glazers to fuck off first. Fuck them. I mean, that's what kills me is like, there's so much culture and history and tradition and then money, because I know Mike says this a lot, money has to an extent ruined football. Oh, of course it has. Like, this shit is crazy because you get people that don't give a shit about the club and they just want the revenue. And it's not just Americans. It's it's other owners, too. But Americans just, they're, they're the poster child for it. It's not just owners, though. It's players as well. 
No, let's not even start that. Cause you're right. We can we can go with that. Some players like I don't understand. Like you're more worried about your Instagram than your than you know what I'm saying. Than your living. I'm gonna say making a living I'm by playing the something. game. I'm gonna say something that's gonna upset Chelsea fans. But Romelu Lukaku, before he came to Chelsea, he knew the system we played. He knew that it wasn't a two striker system. He knew it was a nine times out of ten a three four three or a variation of it. He knew we played with a lone striker and two inverted forwards or wingers. Usually inverted forwards as a wing back straight in the width. We all knew this. Lukaku knew this. He knew coming to Chelsea, he wouldn't be the same system in the land. He would not have a strike partner. He knew this. But still he decides to come and then whinges about the system we play. No, this is why he joined Chelsea. He saw the chance to win a shit ton, get a shit ton of money and he took it. Basically. And then and then, you know, then he realized that it wasn't going all his way. Oh, I miss him in Milan. I want to go back and play to them one day. There's a stupid interview, and now he's second choice. Now, if he, just worked, if he had just worked, Tuchel wasn't going to change a team that had just won the Champions League. He wasn't going to change his tactics to suit one player. No. That had been so successful. So I learned something earlier that Chelsea have only been beaten by more than two goals once under Thomas Tuchel, and that was West Brom. Fucking West Brom. Wankers. But anyway, that's the thing, though. Like, you don't bring one player into You don't change the whole team for one player. Lukaku, if he had worked hard, could have adapted to the system and changed his game yeah. to suit the system. And yeah. then you look, at Kai, you look at Kai Havertz, right? Couldn't get a game earlier in the season. He's struggling for minutes. So I was like, what's this guy done wrong? You know, he needs the minutes to build his game. Gets the minutes, scoring for fun. And that goal against fucking Newcastle. Oh. That fucking touch, and then he's just like, side, you know, outside of his boot into the corner, 89th minute. Fucking beautiful. I lick his face. And that's why we're going to get cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> I will, you know, I don't do this often, but Alex and I were talking, and Boo Boo Boy, I got to give him credit, because when Boo Boo Boy is fit, fucking, the little bastard can play. I'm not going to deny the fact, I'm not going to deny the fact he's talented. My issue has always been with him is the consistency because he's always injured. He scored three but, in his last seven games, so. But when he fucking shows up, boy, he shows up. And Alex and I were having an interesting conversation because we were wondering if the weight, and I use that word loosely with what I'm about to say, the national weight team. of a useless national team shirt is too much on his shoulders, so he feels like he has to overcompensate by being great everywhere because Americans, to an extent, not it's not as bad as it used to be, but still carry stigmatism to them. I mean, it's like that Alex and I were talking about that with Jesse Marsh. I would argue there's still stigmatism around American coaching. Hopefully Jesse Marsh can break that because the guy can coach. And Alex and I were talking about it where Jesse Marsh, Jesse Marsh is in a better place as far as where he's been and what he's done than most American coaches are when they decide to go across the pond. And I rate I mean, Jesse Marsh. And I, must be, I rarely must be doing something, right? an American coach outside of myself, for fuck's sake. He's got to be doing something, right? Because um, tuning down to Wolves, not many people come back from that. Wolves are at, at Molyneux as well. Look at the people he's worked with too. He's worked. With, he's worked with. I mean, I know Ragnar's not having a great time in, at United, but he's worked with him, and he's worked with other. He's worked with other people. Like he's so in tune to the. He's like the opposite of the American stereotype. Like the man went abroad, and no matter where he worked, he tried to learn the language and the culture, to assimilate it in a manner in which that he would be able to embed himself properly, relate better, and communicate better with players. And that's, it was at that moment that I was like, all right, I fucks with this dude. 
And he doesn't call it soccer, which is great, by the way. He calls it football like it should be properly, properly called. Managers being in tune. Southgate's a fucking moron. Well, he is. I mean, we know that. But just we'll finish on Jesse Marsh because I do want to get to Southgate, actually. I'm hoping yeah, and don't get I hate Losers United. Like I, I don't use that word often, but when I do, I'm talking about West Yorkshire. And nobody gives a like the people of Yorkshire don't even give a fuck about that fucking pub team. But I told Alex I do take an interest because I do want Jesse Marsh to do well. Because I okay. believe that I believe the man can coach his dick off. I can. And hopefully he can start to break that, that, that stigmatism that I feel is around American coaches in the game. Until, you know what I'm saying, I step into this motherfucker and I win everything. Because eventually I will win everything. Which Ash will be there for because you'll be the number two. Uh, Mike will be there because he'll be on staff. Alex will be there because he'll be on staff. And, you know. There's no seriousness, well. though. I'm rooting for Jesse Marsh. Just, you know, please, Jesse, do me a favor next time, bro. Go pick a respectable club. <laughs> on to Southgate. He's picked my guy. Oh, <laughs> Let's hear it, Ash. Did you did you see who he selected? Oh, I saw fucking Harry Maguire. Slabhead. But Takayo Tomori doesn't get in, but Ace of <laughs> Land of Flying in Serie A. Mm. Why would you pick that useless fridge of a football player? He's fucking useless. And people say, oh, you're being harsh on him. It's the pressure of Man United. No, it's not. He's just fucking useless unless the Mug United offer 80 million quid. So if he can't handle the responsibility of captain, he's got to be the bigger person to say, I can't do this and take the pressure off of himself. But he won't do that because he's a fucking moron. And that's for Southgate. Oh, we won that up three minutes into the Euros final. Let's sit back and defend for 87 minutes. Where'd that get us? Loss. Loss. I'm sick of this fucking bullshit double pivot system. We don't need it in England. Just stick Rice in there and you're fine with two centre midfielders. Melt can do the work. Bowling mm-hmm. can play on the wing. Oh, Harry Kane, you know, I know why he gets picked for England, to be fair. He's, he, he's good for England. Mm-hmm. He's back in form too right now with uh, the relevant club he plays for in North London. Someone promised him a chance. Uh... <laughs> he's playing for a fucking checkbook manager too, but there's that. Yeah, I said it, people. Antonio Conte is a fucking checkbook manager. He always likes to slide in when things are on the cusp of shit. Come talk to me when you can build some shit and win. Problem is, he stalks me. He doesn't get his own way. I think think he's going to walk away from Tottenham in the summer. I genuinely believe he'll go. Yeah, he will. He's a good manager. I'm not denying that. But he just, he's, he's a checkbook manager. He seems to come in when he can buy who the fuck he wants, when he wants, and then he wins shit. Like, try building some shit, guy. That second season at Chelsea, he didn't get the players he wanted. Like he, apparently, he wanted Van Dijk, and Chelsea refused to buy him. Apparently. I don't know what the truth is to that. I don't. Of course I, I don't. don't. But, but anyway, uh, we, we digress. Kane is he's coming back to form with Tottenham. He's good for England. You know it's not good for England? Gareth Southgate's not good for England. It's this bullshit negative tactics. We could have t- Italy was shaky in the first half. If we had just taken the fucking games and we could have beaten them, and then when Benucci scored, it wouldn't have been a problem because we'd already been comfortable. But no, you can't, at international level, you can't sit back against a team like that. They're a threat. Mm-hmm. They've got some of the best passers in the world in that midfield. You know, Verratti, Jorginho, uh, Barella. That's a fucking midfield. And when you don't contain it, you're fucked. Basically, <laughs> like my ex-wife. I mean, Jordan Pickford, I don't mind, in the England squad. He's never let England down. Useless for Everton, somehow. um... (laughs) You're not lying. Unless he's playing Chelsea, apparently. 
Oh, that motherfucker always turns up, doesn't he? Every like, he, he plays was... Chelsea, all of a sudden he's fucking like he's prime Buffon and shit. Nothing's getting yeah. past him. No, oh, I think I'll pull up Finder State. Oh, it's Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. Oh, summons his inner fucking Buffon. <laughs> like, no shit. Seriously, I'm, <laughs> like, what the fuck? I'm like fuck off, dick. For the rest of the season, can fucking concede in left, right, and center. I I, I hope in I I well, I'm not an England supporter, but I just hope because. I have a soft spot for the English because the English, I've met some pretty cool English people. And just for their fucking sanity and their long suffering, if they would just win some shit, like a major trophy, I would appreciate that. No, I don't care. I'd rather Chelsea <clears throat> win another Champions League than England win a World Cup. Do not care. You know what's funny is a lot of people think, a lot of people, you know, they think the same way. I listen to, to other podcasts where they say a lot of people prefer the club football to. Internet, uh, prefer club football to international football. When I was growing up, it was kind of a big deal to play for your country, international football and all that. But I, it has it has dwindled, that I can say. And I honestly, myself, probably am with you. I probably care more about club football than I do country. I mean, don't get me wrong. I will watch the Euros in the World Cup. I love mm-hmm. watching the World Cup. But, you know, if England don't win, I'm not, I won't be as pissed as, a, you know, I won't be as happy you could offer me England World Cup, Chelsea Champions League. I'm taking the Champions League all day long. That makes me okay. happier. Because yeah. I care more about the Chelsea players than I do the England squad. Yeah. Especially when you, especially when twats like fucking Maguire are getting picked. See, that's my problem with being a manager, too. Like, He's a fucking yes man. Yeah. Well, I was telling my wife, too, right? Sitting there, we're talking, and I'm like, this man picks favorites. Like if you're an, and I think we've talked about it actually too. If you're a manager at the international level and you travel to all these different fixtures across whatever fuck is across as many fucking leagues as you need to, you need to not pick your favorites and you need to pick players and team selections based on form, not on well I really like this guy so he's gonna start. Like no motherfucker, this is not rec. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is not rec football. This is not fucking Sunday league. Like, this is a fucking, like, you are the boss of an international side. Fucking act like it. England's weakest position is centre-back. Like, it, gen- like we don't make centre-backs like we used to. No. But when you, put the, when you put the worst one in there, and, you, and what, what, what's it going to be? It's going to be alongside probably John Stones, right? That's what it usually is. I haven't got yeah. a problem with John Stones. I really don't. I think he's an all-right football player. He's not better than Laporte or Diaz, but he's, he's all right. But, you know, I'd rather see Ben White and Connor Cody giving a go. You know, Sherry Chalabar, he didn't even get called up. I don't get it. I mean, what else do you need to do? I'm more... If I was an England supporter, I'd be more perturbed the fact Tamori's not in the squad. Yeah, Tamori and Chalabar should have been in, to be fair, both of them. And I'm not saying that on Chelsea bias, but, like, on form. Come on, man, you don't need to be a fucking rocket scientist. Trevor Chalabar has had a break. Yeah, you know, he's made a couple of mistakes. I'm not going to lie about that. Trevor Chalabar has made a few mistakes this season. But if you compare him to Harry Maguire on form, honestly, who would you rather have? And the answer is Chalabar. Yeah. Because Maguire hasn't got a fucking clue what he's doing. He's a fridge. Uh, there's not much for me to to say to try to even defend that guy because at this point, like you, you either have it or you don't. He doesn't have it. He's useless. And Leicester will probably laugh. He'll go to the back with their 80 million quid. Yeah. And that should... There used to be a time where Manchester United wouldn't buy players like that. No. But they fucking... 
you know, he had half a good season with Leicester. They bought him to the hype. Leicester were like, yeah, we'll cash in on this, 80 million quid. And they took him. And the thing with Leicester is they laughed at Chelsea for paying 50 for Chilwell. Chilwell's actually decent, and losing him has derailed our fucking t- title yeah. hopes. Leicester do good business, though, because given the players that they've moved on, they've done well. Well, they're trying to replace too. those players. And eventually you're going to have to do that with, with Jamie Vardy. They've got Pat and Dacker, and he's a similar sort of striker. Bro, he's, he's fucking... Well. I watched him in the Austrian Bundesliga before he made the move. Salzburg seemed to find very good strikers. Obviously, they had Haaland, they had uh, mm-hmm. Dacker. Now they've got Adeyemi, who's very good as well. I mean, bruh. Supposedly, there's rumors have it that Haaland's already made up his mind where he's going and shit in the summer. Well, I've heard the three main players are Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Man City. But I don't think Barcelona have the finances to pull that deal off. No. And they've already said that they wouldn't sign him if it ruined the finances of the club. Because, like I said, 75 million is a release clause. But you have to take into account what his dad wants and what his agent wants out of this deal as well. So, isn't it the Goblin King, his agent, that fucking piece of shit on legs? Yep. And then you have to consider the player's wages. And. You know, with Aubameyang, Depay, and all that lot already at Barcelona, do they need Haaland as well, adding another player in that position when their worst position is their defence? Because Barcelona's defence is... I mean, their two centre-backs are Gerard Piquet and Eric Garcia. So that says it all. Yeah, Piquet viejo se pasó ese tipo. And they only just scraped past Galatasaray, by the way. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's been an interesting season of football across Europe, like... I fucking, I don't care for West Ham, but those little bastards have advanced in Europe. Mm. And for them, for those fans, that must be like the greatest shit on earth. Yeah, even Rangers are in Europe. They're into the quarterfinals of the Europe League. They, they've got some decent players, Rangers. Scotland does develop some decent players. The league is just not strong enough to hold these guys, so they eventually just make their way down south to, to England. Well, I'm surprised that James Tavernier hasn't got a... Uh... Hasn't gotten a bigger move because he's he's a right back, and I think most of the time he's Rangers top scorer. Pretty much. I know, and, and people say, but he can't do penalties. At the end of the day, penalties aren't a guarantee to score. You still got to hold your nerve and put it in the back of the net. Yep. And I think, and this is a, this is what pisses me off. Oh, it's only a tap in. It's only a penalty. It was two. It's still a fucking goal. It counts as one. It doesn't matter exactly. where you fucking score from. A goal is a goal. A goal is a goal, no matter how it's scored. I mean. Yeah, We've seen some interesting others. shit across Europe. I know, speaking of West Ham, that fuck bag is going to be charged now for that dastardly His brother's been charged as well. Fucking cocksucker. He deserves it too. I hope, I hope they charge him to the, full extent of, to the fullest extent of the British law, and I hope the fucker pays because that's just disgusting. And it's me putting it nicely what he did. Before we get off there, I did read a headline earlier that Newcastle were going to plan an audacious bid for Neymar. Now, I'd love to fucking see that. I really would. No, <laughs> Neymar, poor, yo, Neymar's not boss. going to the north, what is it, the north, the northeast of London, uh, northeast of England. Like, he's not, so, what the fuck is he going to do in the northeast of England, bro? Other than roll. Imagine, still roll in any part of the world he's in. <laughs> Could you imagine the poor bastard having to live in Newcastle? Bro, he wouldn't be able to deal with those supporters either, man. Uh, no, they're not as bad as PSG fans. I mean, he, he couldn't handle England. It's too rough for him. He'd probably get injured every day of the week. Like, that's another thing, too. Footballers that never panned out, he was one. All this talent, and it's worth fuck all, because he just doesn't do shit with it. He'd rather just roll on the ground all day. 
Yeah, I don't understand that. Like, it's it's crazy. I'm interested to see where Holland ends up. I'm going to sign him for my club. There was talks. I was on Twitter the other day. There was talks that Lewandowski and Byron haven't reached an agreement. So, possible Lewandowski leaves Bayern Munich? Yeah, and then Bayern will just find the second-best striker in the uh, Bundesliga and take them. Pretty much. They'll just go to Dortmund, pin somebody off Dortmund, because it seems that's just how that works. I mean, fuck Dortmund, fuck Bayern, but, you know. Yeah, but apart from Haaland, Dortmund is shit. They're, fu- they're fucking terrible. Dortmund have nothing. They're not exciting to watch. Dortmund, they're te- when Haaland's on form, that's it. That's all they've got. Haaland's yeah. not playing. They lose all momentum and get absolutely turned over. Defensively, they're dreadful. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, there's nothing else to add to that because you just you said it all. I don't like Dortmund. I really don't. I don't like Marco Royce either. Funny because my, my nephew and I, we were playing FIFA and he had picked uh, the German men's national team. We were playing and he took a shot with Marco Royce. And I said, yeah, my best friend really does not like that guy. I don't like Paolo Dybala either. Oh, he's useless. He's useless. Morata's useless. Morata doesn't... Oh, yeah, he hates for Juventus, doesn't he? Yeah. Misata, that's what I call him. I, he's a... You know, he, but I give it to him, though, because if he's purposely getting sold from club to club, he's made a lot of money during his career being shit. He wasn't that bad for Juventus the first time around. Like, I never, I never rated that dude. All he does is cry. That's all he fucking does. All he does is cry. Never rated him. I mean, there's it's crazy how things in football are like hit and miss with players. It's like Coutinho, right? Tore up in the Premier League with Liverpool, could not handle the ego at Barcelona, and comes back and doing a great job for Aston Villa. And I've heard that they've, I think the, uh, the money is for 40 million, but mm-hmm. I think Villa can't afford his wages. But surely if you're Newcastle, you're thinking, we can afford his wages. We, we need a player like that. Well, Newcastle will be in for him, but I, I think they prefer Jesse Lingard on a free. If they're going to do smart business, I would take. But what's to say that Lingard would even fucking entertain that, though? Well, he's out of contract at United at the end of the season. And I think, you know, West Ham will be interested in getting him yep. back because they wanted him back. They wanted him back this season. You read my so. mind. That's why I think he ends up is at West Ham because he fit real well into that West Ham side. And like you said, he did last year, he did really good on loan there. I'm surprised Man United didn't sell him because he's not exactly one of their first team players. But now there's talk with Marcus Rashford wanting to leave the club. And, but where's he going to go? Realistically, where's he going to go? Because I don't see another top six side taking him. And I think he's probably too good to play for a lesser team. He may have no choice, though, either to play for a lesser team or maybe another league. I mean, he's got to weigh out the reality of shit, too. He could do a job in Italy, I reckon. Anybody could do a job in Italy, for fuck's sake. I couldn't with my knee. <laughs> like, and that's not disrespecting anybody who's a fan of Serie A, but I just, I think Serie A is not what it used to be, like it was in the 90s. Oh, no, 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 it's it's not. Serie A used to be the pinnacle of top-tier football. That's why Lukaku fucking, he, he, he fucking, he was so good, because, like, I was telling... I was telling Felisa earlier, the quality of defender in Serie A to the quality of defender in the Premier League is night and day. Like, Italy is more of a tactical league to where the Premier League, you have to be technically and physically gifted to get some shit done and actually want to get some shit done. Lukaku for two years was basically just bullying defenders. Kind of hard for him to do in the Premier League, especially when we face a big six rival, when you have your Van Dykes of the world. 
Or Antonio Rudiger. Or the Antonio Rudiger. I fucking love him. You know what I mean? And he doesn't play. I imagine he plays against Rudiger in training. But I mean, like, when you go against top class, like, outside of training, when you go against defenders, like, Manchester City, who have, um, Jao Cancelo and Julian Gs, like, those two dudes are fucking, like, grown-ass animals, man. Like, they are really about that life. <laughs> and well, and Rodgers doesn't well. turn up. He already had a track record of not turning up for the major fixtures. But in Italy, they're not built like the Premier League defenders are. Like, Liverpool, like Van Dyke, might as well just fucking could have folded him and put him in his fucking pocket, for fuck's sake. Man City with their with, with the aforementioned two defenders that we spoke of. Oh, those are the top two help. teams. I mean, the reality is the reality. Those are the top two top two teams in England right now. Obviously, Chelsea have Rudiger and Silva Silva, and then usually it's either Christensen, Aspi, when Rhys James is fit, or Chalaba. I too will also lick Thiago Silva's face. I love him. Fucking I love know. Him. But that's my whole I've point heard. with Lukaku, and I'm not taking a shit on Serie A. I'm just, it, that's just my opinion. He goes around international duty, and he does fucking great. Gets back to us, and then it's like he doesn't even fucking exist. And you were saying it before we came on air. Like, we play better, and I completely concur. We play better without a fucking true nine. I think Kai Havertz is he's mobile, so he can get, he can link the play and get into And he is six foot as well. So he's not, he's not shabby in the air. He's very obviously he's predominantly left footed, but he's mobile, and that's how Chelsea have always been better. And yeah. of course, you know, Mace, thing is with Mason Mount and ZH, they're versatile players. I mean, ZH has come into form. Mounts, you know, he dipped a little bit, but he was fantastic today. Uh, Pulisic is coming back into form, so you've got a lot of players that deserve to be playing. And when you, Lukaku, you compare him to those three, and I say Werner as well, like. And the thing with Werner is, I, I love Werner. I, I, I do like him. But he's just not good enough for this level. And no, that might not. upset people, but he's just not good enough right now to play in the Premier League. You know, he's, he's not. It's not just his finishing, but he's ball, he looks so nervous when he's on the ball. And I know he's, he's great at creating space and dragging players away. But when it needs to be decisive, he's, you know, you, look at, you compare Pulisic's touches to Werner. Politics and beat a man with ease. Werner's take looks very hesitant. Yeah. And I know that's probably low confidence because he doesn't get much game time anymore. But you can't expect him to when players like ZH, Politics, Mount, Havertz are playing better. That's a fair point. You know, it's all about form. Like early in the season, Havertz couldn't get in the team. Now he's undroppable. Or I know he didn't play today, but it's a cup game. You know, he needed a rest. Yeah, that's basically what the gaffer said at his post-match presser, that some some players were left out with international duty in mind, and the fact that they just they had a shit ton of minutes on their legs. I know he mentioned the Jorginho's punk ass didn't play because he was resting him, because he had played a lot, and he's got, you know, Italy got that it's whole fun. they'll beat Portugal thing so that they can qualify for the World Cup. They've got to get through their semifinals first, because Portugal and Italy is only a hypothetical. They're both in their semifinals, which isn't a given. I think it'll happen, and I think Italy will just fucking... Yeah, it, it, it should. Italy's going to fucking with ease be Portugal, because there's... Portugal's another fucking international side with the manager that plays negative-ass football. With all that attacking talent. Yes, because even... even Yo, even Ronaldo's old ass can still bang in goals, but you got to give him service, and you actually got to play the ball for You actually want to have to have an attacking intent to do so. Portugal's got talent. You know, Bernardo Silva... 
You have a uh, Shimado's pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah. When he shows up, okay. I know you're laughing, but when he shows up, he's pretty good. At least in a portrait yes. shirt, anyway. Jolta, when he fucking decides he rolls out of bed, his little midget ass wants to fucking, I don't know, put a football in the back of the net. I can't believe you said tomato. <laughs> I, I, I rate him. I don't, I, he's done well in a Portugal shirt. What yeah. he does outside of Portugal is one thing, but in a Portugal shirt, I think he's been okay. Jao oh, Felix is a fucking joke, too. <laughs> yeah, he's useless. Fucking Atletico de Madrid paid all that money and he doesn't do shit. He does even less than a fucking Portugal kit. What about Bruno? Fuck him. So. <laughs> That's that basically that, yeah. Straight up. And then there's Scotland, which whole, I have a warm, soft, fuzzy spot for. And I was telling Talisa, you know, and it was before you, sir, because, you know, I've been, I've been around a minute. But there was a time where Ireland and Scotland were actually fucking good at football, and I don't know what the fuck happened. Yeah, I don't really care for Scotland being English and all that, so... Like, I like the Scottish. I mean, they're, they're all right, but... I mean... There's an old there's an old joke of that. What do you call a Scotsman in the second round of a World Cup? A referee. Fair play. I don't. Um, but I mean, remind yeah. me who won the Euros? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, for all the shit the English give, I mean, y'all did lose the Euros on your home in your home stadium, I think, even. Memory that's, calls that's right. because the manager's a knob. But I just, it's crazy how things go, though, because countries, you see them at the peak of their dominance, like some irrelevant country that borders Portugal, and then they just fall okay. off. Look, all those years Italy took for them to get back. Germany, at one point, was complete and utter fucking... St- in shambles and they work their way back so it's crazy i was telling my wife i was telling my wife how that how that works man like it just i guess it's in cycles yeah unless you're america like you're never going to be good at anything regarding right now i'd say the right now if you look at player for player depth and position france have about five players in every position they can fill shit and they're still shit there are a bunch of motherfuckers that can't win all that fucking talent yes they won the world cup in 18 which i by the way correctly predicted but I'm like, since then, they've done fuck all with all that talent. I think my prediction was crazy. I said Croatia would make at least the semifinals. And that, that people laughed at me. Well, I, I would say you had have had the last laugh on that one. Yes. Croatia are a good side. I'm just saying, man, like, France. Fuck's sake. I'm curious to see how this works now with Benzema back in the fold. Uh, well, they've got Benzema, Mbappe, Griezmann, Giroud, Ben Yedda, Lacazette, Martial. Like, there's so many options to fucking choose from. I mean, although when it comes to France, I don't give a shit about one player. No, I can't say. I lick his, fu- I lick his entire face and possibly his bald head. I love that fucking guy. I love Giroud as well. I don't care that he plays face. I fucking love Giroud. He's a very handsome man. Actually, Chelsea could have benefited him this season. Like, oh, you know, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I think that, you know, replacing him and Abraham was foolish. Because Tammy, despite not playing for half a season, is still our top goal scorer. Yeah. He'll be back. Just, because for some reason, we do this thing where we sell motherfuckers off and then buy them back. I just hope that when they come back, they don't pull a, a Lukaku. The thing with Tammy was, though, he's always, he was always a natural finisher. And I'll be he wasn't that great dribbling with the ball, but he was always a natural finisher. You give him the service, he'd score. And he mm-hmm. proved that in his first season under Lampard when we had the transfer back. You know, him, Mount, James, you know. 
I'm more upset that we sold the likes of Lamptey for three million, then we went and sold Livramento. It's obviously we didn't know Reese James was going to get injured, but that our fullback backups oh, yeah. aren't great. I mean, I'll give Athena greater credit. He he was up and down that touchdown against Lille the other night and got well deserved his goal. Great finish. And that's probably why he didn't play today because he's probably knackered. But you know, as for the Quater, like for me, he's a club legend. Like people, you know, he's a club legend, and he always will be. For you know, seven million pound he cost Chelsea, and he's never let us down. You know, it's crazy that a bigger club, not a bigger club, I should say, a rival club, will potentially fucking eventually will go after and buy Tariq Lampy from Brighton. And I'm pretty sure in time his Livermento gets better, we're probably going to do the same shit. Somebody's going to come and just poach his ass off Southampton. I do believe we have a buyback in Livermento's contract, but I'm not 100% sure. There's definitely one in Tammy Abraham's for 70 million, and I think we have one in Livermento's as well. Right. And Tammy dribbling, you can always get better. All Tammy, all Tammy would have to do is just work on that consistently. Like, it's not rocket science to get better. It's something you just fucking practice, regardless of the level. Because I feel the same way about Lukaku. Like, I feel he's very clumsy on the ball and when he has to dribble. I just think he's lazy, to be honest. And I'm like, you know, like, I, I just, I'm over it. I was, I was enthralled when he signed. Things were promising. And then he gave that interview. And I'm just like, he hasn't been the same since. But then I started to think and to referencing my prior point, I just think he's he's not about that life. Like, you don't want that sauce when you got to go play like grown-ass men like Van Dyke and them. Or as they like he to say in North London, like men and them. <laughs> Why do people talk like that? <laughs> I don't know. That shit makes me laugh. Men and them. And I'm like, okay, in North London, do they say anything other than man, bluff, what is it, bruv? Bruv and blood, like, do they say anything else outside of that in North London? I don't know. I've never been there. I will. I probably will never go there. Like, I'll visit England. I'll probably visit London. But North London's not on the fucking list. And neither is East London. You know what gets me, though? Like, when I went to New York, I was like, oh, oh you God. live in London. Sorry. You're... All right, calm down. This isn't even about New York. Anyway. You don't, you don't tell me what to do, Kay. Respect your elders. No. Respect has to be <laughs> Fuck off. No. Why should I give you respect just because you're older? Because I was alive while you were still swimming your dad's fucking nutsack. That's why. But so that entitles you to my respect. Yes, you're. You probably weren't even a thought in your dad's fucking head when I took my first breath. No, I probably wasn't. But that doesn't mean you deserve my respect just because you're older. No, it's because I'm the fucking man, and you should. Well, here we'll fight for three of you. Get your little high, get your little booster seat for your car. Oh. Fuck off. Come talk to me about two good knees, asshole. I ain't got one good knee. <laughs> it won't take much for me to breeze past your fucking handicapped ass. I'll just trip you over as you're running past. I'll kick you in your knee. It can't get any worse. <laughs> I'll kick you in your other one. <laughs> I'll do like they do in cartoons when, when you just hold their head up to stop them running because they're smaller than them. I'll just do that to you. Oh, <laughs> like you're running shit. full speed. I'll just have my hand on your head. <laughs> What's my original? I'll get you a pair of crutches. Or maybe maybe if you fancy a wheelchair. Yeah, just get me a wheelchair. Fuck we'll get Molly to push it around for you. Oh, no. I, I want to live. <laughs> <laughs> but where else I go with my original point? I can't remember. <laughs> this shit is great. I can't remember where I was going with this. I fuck if I know. 
Um, it's gone. I don't remember what the fuck I was even going to say. Well then, yeah, I guess we can wrap it up there. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>